Welcome to The Heath Barnes Show, bringing you interviews and insights to grow your business from some of today's leading voices in the mortgage industry. The Heath Barnes Show is brought to you by your podcast team, where having your own podcast is as easy as being a guest on ours. Find out more at yourpodcast.team. Now, here's your host, Heath Barnes. Welcome to another episode of Mortgages Reimagined. I'm your host, Heath Barnes, and I'm especially excited to have our guest today, Mr. Scott Evans from San Diego, California. Welcome, Scott. Thank you. Sunny San Diego, beautiful place to live, right? I love it, man. It's it's easy to do a lot of business in San Diego because the weather is always good, right? You don't, you never have a bad season. No, it's beautiful and sunny. Yeah. For, for those of you that have not heard of us, Scott Evans, he's a mega producer right now. He's currently the number one loan officer in a coaching program called uh, the core train where I, I used to coach. And so man, I'm super proud of you, Scott, man, you have come a long ways in a short period of time. Congratulations, man. I know you probably also feel that stress of being number one. Now you got to stay number one, right? Yeah. Kind of keep reinventing myself every year. Yeah. Well, you you do a really good job of doing it, man. Since So Scott is with uh, Cross Country Mortgage. He's been with Cross Country now for about five years, right, Scott? Correct. Yeah. Good experience, huh? It's been a good experience. Yeah. Ever since uh, Foreman went over there, everyone's like migrated to cross country. Cross country is cross country with top yeah. producing loan officers, right? Yes. There's a lot of talent here. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I was uh, talking to Scott the other day and man, he's, he's just doing a lot of interesting things. So I thought I'd have him on the show just to share some of the things that are techniques he's using right now to stay top in his field. But you know, I want to. I'd love to get the backstory from you, Scott. You know, I, I think you did. You grow up in Georgia, is that right? I grew up in South Florida. Okay, went to college and at Georgia Tech. Uh, okay. I was a computer science major at, at Georgia Tech. So that was well, my. So, you, did you ever think you'd be a loan officer? Or were you you were looking to be a programmer? What were you thinking with computer science? Yeah, I was looking to be a programmer and go that direction. When I graduated, it was. Uh, 2003, and there was an economic crisis like the dot com crash. Right, so right, right. I remember that. Uh-huh. Saturated with programmers all over. So I bartended all throughout college. So I threw everything in my car. I had a good friend of mine, a best friend that was living in Monterey, California, which is fairly close to San Jose. So I, uh-huh. he said, Come live with me. So I threw everything in my car, drove up across country uh, to live with him. And we lived in a one bedroom place. I lived on a couch and then I just, I got a job bartending at some places in Monterey. I bartended at Pell Beach. So I got to golf for free, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And then I was looking for a job programming in San Jose, but I started making a hundred grand a year bartending wow. and working four days a week. It was like a great time. And uh, is the best, man. I, I bartended in college as well. And that's, you know, once you learn that skill, you can take it anywhere. So, yeah, but that's where it led me to my path of in uh, the mortgage industry, because a lot of the clientele from 03 to 05, specifically like 2004 and 2005, were all real estate agents and mortgage brokers. And okay. so they were making a ton of, there was one guy in particular that was making like 500 grand a month that started 
a mortgage company had 1800 employees and never graduated college. Like I was like, if this guy can do it, I can do it. So that's what got me excited about getting into the industry. And then my friend that I was living with was moving with the military. He was in the military, was moving down to San Diego. So I was like, he's my roommate. I'm going to go down there and start in the mortgages. So that's how I got into the business. Yeah. Instantly. I mean, did you, did you, I know you do a lot of VA loans and that's kind of like your uh, current path, but did, did you instantly start doing VA or how did you get into VA? No. Yeah. The VA business was simply because uh, the realtors that I was working with several years back, they were all former Marines and Navy. And then they hired a whole bunch of real estate agents that were all active or like former military. So then they had a huge sphere that just, I just started doing a lot of business with these two different top realtor teams that happened to be the number one and number two real estate agent teams in San Diego. And they were all military. So they had military clients. And that's the only way, that's the only reason why I got into, I started doing so much VA business. It was just simply from the people I was working with. Yeah. So sometimes when that happens, you think, man, I'm so lucky. And, you know, but I think, you know, what comes with luck is, you know, a lot of hard work. And I know, you know, you probably had a a tough time making the transition from being a bartender. Like, I think we talked on our our pre-call about, you know, some difficult times you were having and and how you had your uh, back against the wall. So can you share with everyone what that looked like at the time? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people that in the situation you probably were in at that time. Yeah. I, I mean, I was a young kid, so I was a little wild sometimes. And when I would like go on a way party, when I was up North, but before I moved to San Diego, I, everyone was buying me drinks and I drank way too much. And I got a DUI and like blew like a 0.23 or something crazy. Wow. And unfortunately I had like drugs in my back pocket. So I got busted so my um whole world like collapsed and and where i had to like do all kinds of stuff to get my record clean and you know 18 months of probation and drug tests and all this stuff to get through that which just threw you know had my back against the wall so when i moved i didn't have family or parents like to fall back on so i just i worked two jobs two bartending jobs at night found a place that would hire me i had licensing issues for initially but they you know they believed in me and they gave me an opportunity and I just focused at work seven days a week just because yeah. I had nothing else to do but go up. And I mean, I got it in the business January 1st, 2006. And I was as the market wow. was crashing or about to, and I just didn't have any business to lose. So I didn't develop all the bad habits. That a lot of my, you know, the competitors developed over that period of time. So I just prospected realtors. That was what I got taught is how to just call realtors prospect them, follow a script, uh, practice. And that's, you know, how I built my business back then. Yeah. It's funny how we remember those initial scripts. Like I remember the first script I learned was, uh, Hey, this is Heath Barnes from, yeah, I think it was Republic state mortgage. He's I'm, what was the script? I'm looking to align myself with some of the top agents here in Houston. And I understand you're one of the best and I'd love to spend 15 minutes with you to see whether or not you and I are a good fit. What was your script? I still, I think I still remember it too. And that's the thing. People should not be afraid of using scripts. You know, everything that people do is scripted. Usually 
they have it memorized where they've just said it so many times and then becomes yeah. an internal script. But it's always good to have a script to, to follow. I mean, professional speakers or, you know, people on night shows and things like that, they're always reading off some type of teleprompter, you know, script. Yeah, totally. You know, if you notice, he, he all his scripts, he uses the same stories. Mm-hmm. Right? And I, t- I tell my loan officers that I'm like, listen, I say the same thing to everyone all yeah. the time, you know, and I think you do the same thing, right? Yeah. I yeah. Do. Scripts. Yeah. Yes. The script, the script I used to use is, uh, you know, ring that I, Hello? Hey, he, the, this is Scott Evans with cross country mortgage. And, you know, he, I like to line myself with top and active agents, just like yourself. And I want to sit down with you for about 10 to 15 minutes to share with you how I can help you add even more transactions to your year in 2020, 2021. Heath, are you available Monday at two o'clock or does Tuesday at three work better for you? You know, I have a loan officer that I like. You know, I can totally appreciate the great, you know, great relationship you already have. But I'm curious, you know, could you have more tools in your tool belt? Or, you know, I'm curious how many transactions has that loan officer referred to you this past year? Totally. Or, or do you need, a, you need a reserve loan officer or something like that? Yeah. I think the most, I think the, most, uh, the, the biggest issue most people have is the fear of rejection. And, you know, if you, you know, want more business, all you get is pick, if you call 10 people, like two of them are going to say, one of them is going to say yes. So, and they it's, never say no. It's all about the, the follow up with people. And it's, I always tell people, go, you know, de- dealing with realtors is like, it's like dating. And if you're not calling that person, wooing them, you know, asking them out, you know, essentially on a date, you know, and keep staying on top of them, you're never going to get the date. You know, it's like going after, you know, a woman you want, you want to date, like you got to continue to go after it. And eventually the follow up and tenacity will allow you to be able to win them over. Yeah. A buddy of mine said recently, he said, you know, right now, in the loan officers, it's like you walk into a bar and there's all there's supermodels, models, models, there, and there's only a couple of guys there. So you know your chances of actually connecting with someone are exponential. He said, but we're about to enter a time where you go into a bar and there's one supermodel and there's fifty guys, and yeah. that's what it's about to be in the mortgage business when these good times end. So. So what besides scripting other other techniques that you used early in your career that really you found useful that our listeners might be able to use? So it, it was always about trying to create value for the realtors. So I would have a, a canned presentation that we would follow uh, that would highlight, you know, because what was my pitch on the phone is how I'm, I am going to help you add additional transactions to your year. So it's like, how am I going to help them create business? Right. So when I'm meeting with them, so some easy like techniques that we did in the past was if there's some markets, they don't hold open houses at the moment with, with COVID, but this is just an example. You know, let's say you know someone does actively hold open houses, right? Yeah. That's their business model. So that's another thing too, is you have to dive in. Like, what is their go-to? How are they generating business? Every day when they wake up, what is their number one way that business is coming to them? Right. Because they're talking to people and they're used to just saying someone up, like some loan officer's name. That's who they're used to creatures of habits. Uh, so the whole goal is to create value to kind of break them off of 
the realtor that they're currently working with, I'm sorry, the lender that they're currently working with and start using you. So um, Heath, let's pretend you're the realtor. So you know, Heath, you mentioned you hold open houses, correct? Yes, I do. Usually every weekend. Every weekend. So perfect. Yeah. So you almost 50 open, 50, 52 open houses uh, a year. I mean, at least if you're calling Saturday and Sunday, then, you know. Oh, yeah. So, so around 100. How many prospective buyers would you say come walking through each one of those open houses? You know, it just depends on the time of year, but I would say minimum five and max 12. So it could be anywhere from 500 to you know 1,200 prospective buyers in a given year, correct? Yeah, totally. So Heath, if you had a professional loan officer such as myself follow up with every single one of those open house attendees within 24 hours, determine their motivation and financial ability to buy a home in the next 60 to 90 days, I mean, what would that do to your mind? That would that you know, that'd blow up. I'm, I'm like, but I'm curious, like, what would you tell me how that would work? You would just call as you and just want to pre-approve them? Yeah, that, well, I'll go over the script in a second, but okay. let's, you know, what the, well, I, we'll, we'll go into that right now. So I actually have the script right here. So I'll just give you an example. Yeah. So, hello, this is Scott Evans with Cross Country Mortgage. You stopped by Heath Barnes listing on 123 Main Street. The seller would be happy to get your unbiased opinion of what you thought of the home. Do you have a few minutes for me? So right yeah, now, now we're kind of stroking someone's ego and like opinion. So people like to give their opinion on things. So that's yeah, like always. a very uh, easy way to get in. When do you, you plan on moving? You're just, you're just opening up by saying, hey, would you be willing to give us some pieces? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when do you plan on moving? The next couple of months. The next couple of months. Perfect. Yeah. On a scale from one to 10, one being poor and 10 being excellent, how would you rate the home on the following? Condition. Got it. Decorating. You know, you know, floor plan, price, yeah. whatever type of information you want to gather, you know, and a half, half. So if you were to move, where would you go next? Yeah. Close to the area where that house was. I just didn't really care for it. My wife didn't like it that much. Got it. Um, and close to the area. And when do you want to be there? You know, as soon as possible. And then are you just, are you interested in making an offer on that property? Uh, not that one, but I, you know, there are some, I'm, I'm going to find the right one. Okay. What price range did your bank loan officer qualify you for? You know, we haven't been quali qualified yet. Oh man. Well, you know, today's market, it's more than it's it's more important than ever to know that you will have un, be unconditionally you will unconditionally be able to get home financing. You will hear this call being pre-approved. We're you know starting the pre-approval process only takes about ten to fifteen minutes. Let's start the process now and end our conversation. And after the end, by the end of our conversation, you have the comfort of knowing exactly what you can buy and how much money you'll need. Fair enough. Fair enough. And then just go yeah, into so, the corner. I've mean, I haven't, I read, this I haven't huh? read this thing in like 10 years, but this yeah. is just an example. But you know, back with the open house, uh, you know, the attendees, the whole goal though, you have to try to get them to quantify like how many additional transactions, even if they say one or two transactions, that's still one or two transactions that you help them create. And, you know, I would dive in and ask, well, what's your average commission check? Yeah. 10,000, let's say, to keep numbers simple. That's an additional ten to $20,000 just by aligning yourself with me today.
Yeah. Yeah. And I think when you're talking to the agent, most agents, you know, like us want to be in control and, you know, just brainstorming with that agent and asking the agent, Hey, you know, what questions would you like me to ask? How would you like me to go about this? And even go as far as, you know, there's a great app called Otter. And Otter will not only record the phone conversation, but also give you the text. And you could just record a few of the conversation to play back with the agent just to show, you know, to ask her for feedback. And actually what you're really doing is you're showing her that you're making those calls. And I think when you do something like that, like just a simple task of following up with her clients is going to help strengthen that relationship, right? Yep. So, but that's how you started your business, right? You're doing open houses and grinding grinding it out. Working seven days a week, you know, well, seven, yeah, 24 seven, you know, when people agents, it's it, I mean, a lot of agents, all they really want when you ask them like what they're looking for in a lender communication, do what you say you're going to do, you know, close the transaction, you know, speed, you'd be surprised of how many lenders are just not even available after hours or on the weekends, you know, when they're putting deals together, you know, after hours or weekends, they need sometimes someone to be able to jump on on top of that. So that's how I kind of built my business, just being available. Yeah. You know, the, the kind of drive that it takes in order to reach your level of success, you know, I don't see it in a lot of loan officers these days. Maybe I'm just not around it. I'm curious, where, where, where did your drive come from? Your drive to make yourself better? You know, I see you all the time at Tony Robbins. And you signed up for the platinum as I did. But uh, I mean, you you had that same drive like me. Like I'm always at an event about every quarter doing something to, you know, move myself forward or re-energize myself. What do you think that came from for you? Yeah, I mean, obviously where it came from was growing up, you know, but I, I don't I be able to. I think that, you know, my dad was blind growing up as a kid. So he was blind. Yeah, blind. Wow. I, I think I connected and, you know, my mom worked, you know, all the time and then was the person that drove us around everywhere, you know, did everything. So my dad kind of came as a, a you know, may, maybe like subconsciously didn't think that his worth was, you know, because he wasn't bringing income in. So I connected, like, if you're not making money, bringing it, you know, income, then you're not really a man. And that's one of wow. the things that looking back probably like shaped me for and not having a lot of money and things like that which was the drive to go and do good at school and like keep pushing forward with with i mean i do have a lot of drive so that's one of the things i think just from growing up of maybe how i was created yeah was he blind from birth or did he develop he had a a rare eye disease that deteriorated his eyes as he got older. So eventually it lost his eyesight. So he didn't work um, the entire time. I mean, so he was like a stay-at-home dad. And what's your mom do? She was just a a bookkeeper. Wow. So yeah, you know, it sounds like you have a similar story to me where, you know, you grow up in, you know, noble beginnings, not noble, but, you know, just, I don't know, the not ha- seeing friends that for me, it was seeing people who were connecting with other people who had money. At, I don't know, just, and also my dad lost his job at like 
when I was uh, 18 is one of the first times I saw him crying and his wife left a couple of weeks later. And I don't know, from that point on, it was like, I'm going to make money. So, yeah. yeah. Well, you have, you've taken that fuel I mean, you have, you know, reached the highest points in the mortgage business. You know, you right now you're doing a lot of seminars, right? How did you get in like the seminar business? You, for those of that don't know, Scott's known for doing these VA seminars. And when he does them, he gets like a hundred or 200 people there. Tell me about that. How'd you get into that? Well, you know, it, I, I had, as I mentioned, I had these large accounts and I was the number one, you know, lender for them. And I had them on lockdown. There was always a number two or number three, like, you know, other lenders just but the majority of business was always coming to us, you know, 80, 90% of the business. Right. And there was someone that this guy figured out and he started doing these home buying seminars. And I tried to do a few home buying seminars with the agents. My first five seminars, not a single person showed up to the event. So I just gave up on it. I'm like, this is, you know, screw this. This is a waste of time. Like, yeah. like I would get all dressed up for the event and like no one showed up. So, and this guy, figured it out and he started like you know doing these seminars with these accounts and then all of a sudden I realized like the business that I was getting was from him not being able to handle all the amount of business that he was getting and we were now became second position on these big accounts that was a majority of my, a lot of my business so okay. that gave me plenty of motivation yeah. and pain to figure this thing out so it took it definitely it took a year to truly figure out how to pack a room and fill the room and the marketing. I hired consultants from across the United States, like across the world. I was diving and reading. You know, I guess like some of the, some of my computer science background definitely helped out on that. You know, figuring this stuff out. But that's I had enough pain to figure this out because I saw like this guy's either going to create a team that's going to be able to handle the business. And then I'm now going to be screwed or I'm going to figure it out. So I just did not give up and I kept going after it. Now it's been three years since we've been doing it. That's once again, it's like value prop, you know, value proposition. I've been able to go into different markets. Now I do seminars in San Antonio, Texas. When COVID happened, we, I staffed up in November, December, the year before COVID. And so, you know, we like no one staffs up in November, December, but I had okay, like I knew how to like create business that I could rely on. So I staffed up as we were right into, you know, 2019 or when was COVID 2020? Yeah, it's the beginning of 2020. So 19 staffing up. up. Yeah, I was staffed up perfectly. And then we were doing it January, February, March, and then in California, everything happened, everything was down. And obviously all the stuff that happened with rates. So I just actually transitioned my team to handling the refi business that with all the VA business that I did, you know, I was just cleaning, you know, cleaning up. Killing um, it. But once everything opened up again this year across the US, well, California was still locked down. I went and took the seminar into different markets. So I went into San Antonio, Texas, because that's a big VA population. And right. I do VA seminars and I do traditional home buying seminars because there's some markets that you do, you can't do a VA seminar because there's no VA business there. Yeah, so I, I I do them in Phoenix, Arizona. I've I have done them like in Vegas. I've done them in Orlando. I did it tr- tested it in for Lisa like in uh, Minnesota in dead of winter. Okay. Um, what, what, Ventura, 
like all over. And that's, you know, that's what I enjoy doing the seminars. Now I have seminar speakers that literally just do the speaking and do the event. So they travel because I was doing all the events myself, which my wife was going to kill me if working at yeah. hours. So you were, you started off doing the seminars yourself and then you hired speakers and now you're doing, you're going to different markets, man. That's a lot of business, man. How do you support all that business? Yeah. I, well, I've been able to staff from it. I have 11 team members on the front end that handle, you know, loan apps. I got eight processors that help once they go into contract to close. I got my seminar speakers. I have two seminar speakers now that will go and travel to different markets. Those people I then also have as marketing reps. So they might do the seminar, which they're now in the power position at these events with the realtors that we're working with. Because I'll use that to go after big realtor accounts that have you know, good buyers agents, or it's like, a, or, you know, I'll go whale hunting using the seminar as my, my value prop. But then I have those people calling the realtors during, during the week. So that way it kind of gives them something to do. Cause if they're speaking at night, you know, they're still during the day. So I have them like working four days a week. Then I have people that are managing my, you know, team captain handling, managing the, the loan officers on the front end. I have a processing manager and operations manager. So I've, it's been pretty cool what the core has helped me create where I have a business that I can like turn the dial on and that's what I'm, I'm doing. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, for those listening, I think it's important to, it, the key here is he has created a lead system for real estate agents. So no, no more, you know, real estate agents to get leads. You're actually creating all these leads for real estate agents. So there's some, it's a leverage play for the agent. So man, it's incredible. You, yeah, the, the, the main yeah, the main objective when we do a seminar is for them to fill out a loan application, which we have a paper app, um, okay. and set an appointment with the realtor. So like the reason we want the set an appointment with the realtor is because people you know, buy an emotion and we're getting these people at the very beginning stages. So once we have the applications, the paper apps, my team then processes the, the apps quickly. And then the same time, the realtor is meeting with the client. So now we're giving the realtor someone that's actively filling out an application. The great thing is the realtor can kind of get a glimpse of how qual the quality of lead, you know, income and assets and different things on the app. And as long as the realtors, the whole goal for them is just to stay you know, on top of that client, you know, get them excited about buying a house. And that gives the motivation for the client to continue to, you know, through that process of getting pre-approved. And that's our, our main objective is just get these people pre-approved quickly. Yeah. Um, and how many people are at the seminar? I mean, you get like yeah. what, 50 or a hundred. Yeah. 50 to hundred. Wow. That's incredible. And you're using, you've cracked the code on kind of the social media aspect of it, right? Yeah. That's the secret sauce. I mean, cause I've, the, I've done seminars that, before. And, and that's where that, that's the secret sauce. And that's where I'm actually, you know, people that are interested, I am for the right people and different, you know, there's so many markets that we could do this. I look at it as like a technology that we've kind of created and I don't want it. I don't want it to go to the waste. So people that are interested in, you know, partnering up, this would be something that is a value proposition to other people to utilize and, you know, specific markets shifting from the refi to purchase. This is a great way to just gasoline on your business. Oh, totally. You could take it nationwide. So I think what I hear you saying is you're like, I'm looking for loan officers who who want to come to work. For people that are 
yeah, bigger teams that could be able to handle it because a one-off loan officer, it'll just be a crush. There's too much. I mean, you have 20, 30, 40 applications in a given night. P- you know, there's too many people. There's CCR, the current client referrals that we get. We ask them, who do you know that would also benefit from the seminar? But then you got to remember 50 to 100 people that have to be, you know, from the event that following up with too. So there's the follow-up. So it, it, I, it, this works well for people that are bigger teams that have like a little more support. Yeah. What advice would you give to those people who say, you know, that's a good idea. I want to start doing seminars. What's the one or two things that you think that would be valuable for our listeners to take with them besides the secret code that you've cracked? Yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, Well, I mean, the marketing is a critical piece of the equation. I mean, yeah, well, I I think you said you you started doing the seminars, right? What was that? Before you hired the speakers, you you started doing the seminars first so you can see how they were done and what to say. Well, I mean, what's the content that you're giving them? I mean, what I would suggest, this is what I would do if someone else, okay. I would break in see when I'm doing a seminar and just go be a fly on the wall and just watch the whole thing in action and see it unfold. I mean, yeah, the presentation is, you know, it was a scripted presentation that we wrote, you know, and now I, I have people that have never been in the mortgage business ever that I hired and train them to then speak and teach people loans, which never been in the business, you know, like within four months, they're now pe- teaching and presenting to people as if they're the expert, which is wow. super wild, but that's, yeah, they know enough to be dangerous just because I, I, you know, they have no idea how to do a loan, but they know enough to be able to, you know, guidelines and what be able to teach and, you know, motivate people. So it's like, it is like going to a Tony Robbins event at the seminar. Really? Seminar. Yeah, it's how was that? It's a fun event. Like people come to the event, they have no idea what they're uh, expecting. They get dragged there from their, you know, their wife. A lot of times, it's the women that are the you know the initiative of you know finding the seminar. It's a lot of couples that come, Um, but yeah, they just they don't we entertain them, so they don't anticipate like having that much fun at the event with jokes and just. Like it's a, you know, there's packets for people to follow along and fill in the blanks as they're going to you know, keep people engaged. And have you thought about taking it online or is it, you just, you want to keep it in person? We, we did online when COVID happened, we created all the material, put it all online. The leak, like there's just something different when people are actually taking the time to go after hours. Like we do the seminars on a Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday okay. after work from six to eight. People, when they're taking the time to actually go to an event, they're so much more motivated than just plopping on like on a Zoom call or like a right. webinar. It's just the lead quality was totally different for whatever reason. And like the conversion, it just wasn't working. I tried different things and I just, I like, we like the live event so much better. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree when you can get someone to a live event you're, you're going to enroll them. I mean, you're going, they're going to sign up, especially. They took the time to come there. Yeah. I mean, that's like, that's all hard for someone. If you really think about it, like they're really people, a lot of times are introverts and they're taking the time to, you know, go after work to go to some event, you know, so you got a motivated person right there. Yeah. What are some other markets that you're looking at getting into that, 
maybe some of our listeners might want to engage your services. I mean, it probably like for me, it's like bigger markets. I would say is where, like Houston, yeah, Houston and Dallas, and you know, b- just bigger markets across the U.S. That uh, if I'm going to with doing this, just because it'll be more people to be able to present against. And ideally, if there are those places that have both VA and regular business, you know, traditional business too, it helps out because then you can do a back-to-back seminar. Right. Do a home buying seminar, then do a VA seminar. What do you see? What's your vision for the seminars and what you're doing? Like, what's my, what's... my goal is I want to be having 100 seminars going on a month. Nice. Wow. 100 a month. That's my. I'll, I'll come vision. in and talk about crypto. How about that? <laughs> yeah. We're gonna so, we're gonna put you in debt, and then we're gonna show you how to put your ex the money that you're gonna save in crypto and pay for your home in five years. Yes. Yeah. So. Cool. Well, I mean, I appreciate you being on today and sharing a little bit of your story. I know you're pressed for time, but I, you know, your time is valuable. So we appreciate the the, the just any time we get to uh, spend with you, man. And I want to uh, acknowledge you for your drive to succeed, your race to be number one, and but also your ability to give back to people, man. You're like, every time I call you, you're like, hey, Heath, man, you should check out this book or you should go to this next seminar. Like you're always giving great information to people. I think being number one, people are a little standoffish. So, hey, if, if they want to contact you, Scott, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Call myself. <laughs> cool. Six six one nine seven two three seven two eight nine. Wow. I'm I'm gonna do, I'm gonna put that in the show notes as well as your your email address. And man, best of luck, man. We only got left in the in left in the two more months left in the year. It's time to hammer it down, right? Grind it out. So good good luck, Scott, and congratulations, man. We'll see you soon, brother. Thank you. And there you have it, another great episode. Don't forget to check out the notes at heatbarns.com. And you can find out more about all the ways we can help you at heatbarns.com. That's it for this episode. Have a great week, and we'll talk next time.